section 30, my performance review and an expense report. I do not think I have met my expectations for this assignment, but based on the past six months, it is clear my expectations for making you more effective were too high. My performance review, July 1994. In July 1994, after almost 18 months as TA, Natalie Y, head of recruiting, but also in many ways, the emotional leader of Microsoft, sent me an email reminding me that Bill G needed to fill out the spreadsheet with my review score, which was Microsoft's performance review system, and more importantly, my salary and bonus. Yes, the review system in place was a spreadsheet managers filled out with a rating, raise, and bonus. Because of all the work and excitement of the job, I had totally spaced and not even thought about that. Natalie reminded me because she also knew it would, I would be changing jobs soon, and any new manager would want to know what Bill G thought of my work. I later referred to my time with Bill G as the two most expensive years of my life because I missed out on the material compensation that I might have earned had I filled out the reviews and received a raise in stock. The non-material compensation was priceless, so obviously no complaints. Most everything I did was well-documented because mostly all I did was send email about meetings I had with different groups or write memos about the learning I had through conferences using software and other trips. I really took to heart the early advice I received, which was not to take up or waste too much of Bill's time. In fact, we never met about what I was doing or should do, except for Think Week. I don't recall meeting with him once, one-on-one, -on -one, except for when we would occasionally dart into my office to follow up on something or fix some beta product that stopped working. Even when we flew to the same place, I would take a different flight knowing that somewhere someone else would find more value in bugging him. Though I should note, Bill's routine for flying was to sit in a window seat with a blanket over his head and not talk to anyone, often disappointing those hoping for a discussion. For my review, I wrote a memo rather than use the performance review form, which wasn't something Bill G was familiar with. Rather than waste his time, the memo detailed all the project I worked on and the memos I had written. An excerpt from my performance review. Communication. I think our communication has been good, but could be better. I've tried to use your time effectively as possible, so I try not to just chat. I think communication with you via email, memos, and clippings has been very effective. I try to make sure everything I give you has some value. I've also been very careful to choose the what meetings I go to, sticking as closely as possible to only meetings that have product-specific impact. I've tried to minimize the amount of time you need to spend managing me. It is about as close to zero as you can get. I've been trying to decide how effective I've been based on how often you directly use the information I give you. Based on that measure, I think I've been effective. That was an excerpt from my performance review memo that I wrote. In hindsight, I really love how much I focused on not taping up this time, just chatting. It was incredible how many people would come to talk without agendas or clear ideas or outcomes. There was an irony in this because Bill was so focused on his own time management as previously described. I noted all the reports I'd written for learning trips I'd taken as Bill's eyes and ears, except for one. Paul Moritz, the leader of platforms under Mike Mapp, asked me to go with him to London on short notice to help document what was going on with a sizable enterprise customer. Paul was the most enterprise-focused of executives, and with Windows NT beginning to gain traction, this type of learning was important. Having never taken an overseas travel for Microsoft, I emailed Paul's executive assistant, K. Barber Eck, K.B., for help, she obliged, and booking a plane ticket and a hotel. I packed my blue suit, and off we went to visit with several UK banks. When I got back, I took the plane ticket, the red-backed carbon paper kind, and the hotel receipt, one night, and filled out the standard expense report in triplicate and gave it to Julie G., Bill's assistant, like I always did. 
The following Monday morning, when Bill signed things for the week, he refused to sign off on the expense because, quote, he flew business class as per the note on the form. I panicked. The ticket was thousands of dollars, and I could not afford that on my own. I emailed Kay, and she said to submit it again and tell him it was the policy, and it was okay. She let me know the employee handbook included the travel policy, which said flights of eight hours or more could be optionally business class. I copied that policy page from the employee handbook and printed out a note explaining myself. A week went by. The report came back unsigned, noting that the flight was seven hours and 45 minutes. At that point, I was about to be overdue on my credit card bill. I panicked telephoned Kay. She said to bring the expense report over and Paul would sign it. Phew. Microsoft was still a startup in Bill's mind. How could one not respect that, I asked myself. Out of protest, I never sent Bill my trip report on the future of ATMs and banking from home in the United Kingdom. Natalie insisted that I schedule a meeting with Bill to go over my review, even though we'd both dislike scheduling time to talk. Bill read the memo and agreed with my self-assessment, but zeroed in on one line, which to this day we still joke about. In my performance review memo, I said that in an effort to be efficient and not waste his time, I never asked for feedback about how I was doing or even what to do. Instead, I wrote stuff up and sent it to him, such as the pre-meeting notes or trip reports, and then watched to see what he repeated to teams or forwarded to others. It was like training myself as a neural network. He got a real kick out of that, so much so that for the next few weeks in a meeting, if he knew he was repeating something I had said to him, he would look at me and sort of grin a little bit. An excerpt from the evaluation. Evaluation. I think I've been doing a good job. I do not think I've met my expectations for this assignment, but based on the past six months, it is clear my expectations for making you more effective were too high. The way I measure my effectiveness is to see how often you use my input in your communication with others. By that standard, I think about half of the information I give you ends up directly in program reviews and email. The most effective means of communication has been email, which seems to work really well. I would like to increase the effectiveness of written material I give you. The one area I would like to improve upon is in increasing the comfort level people have with me and indirectly you. I would like to find a way for people to be less defensive and more open to talking to me. So I don't need to spend so much time double checking everything. Everything in my career that followed can be traced to my time working for Bill as his technical assistant. The ability to think broadly while applying that to building products, balancing innovation and execution, treating innovation as a portfolio of work, and always keeping a focus on competition are a few of the skills and approaches I modeled and developed based working on this role. I got a small raise and no promotion, but at least the expenses for my trip to London were approved. One thing I mentioned in the review was how difficult it had been to figure out what to do next. Bill wanted to direct me to a specific job, but these did not feel like jobs. They felt more like problems. I would later learn in talking to many people that served similar roles at other companies, this is almost always how product technology leaders think of staffing for value contributors, which is the exact opposite of how people think of their own careers. This notion of putting a person on a problem reflected the system's way of thinking, which was that execs maintained a list of people and a list of problems, and there was a constant juggling of assignments between those lists. As I came to learn, the app's way of working was much more about assigning people to products and thinking first about what products needed to be built and who would be best. As always, this reflected Microsoft's two gardens. It also did not help that, as Aaron Getz, the previous technical assistant, told me the day I moved into the office, every group is screwed up. From this vantage point, all you see are the problems, and there's no shortage of those. An excerpt from my performance review. Career path issues. 
In my wildest dreams, I never would have thought finding a job would have been as painful and time-consuming as it has been. When I step back, the reasons, however, are pretty clear. Basically, the things you want me to work on were not really jobs, but just headaches. Trying to fix text, online documents, etc. are all interesting technical problems, but they do not fit in the reward system of the company, nor do they take advantage of my skills very well. Going from a job a mile wide and an inch deep to a job an inch wide and a mile deep is not a good idea generally. I also got a ton of offers from groups to join up as a consultant or architect. The reason these jobs are so popular with groups today is because they bring in new ideas and can solve problems potentially, but without disturbing the current organization. This is why I cannot find something in DDT, the developer division. All they wanted from me were my ideas, but they didn't offer me any real responsibility. I'll probably end up taking a job in office, which offers the chance to advance my career and help the company. I really think I can make a big contribution to Microsoft, and my goal is to find a way to make that contribution. I think I can make a bigger contribution than by just fixing one of these narrow technical problems. I would call that career path musings of a Gen X 28-year-old. Bill, of course, had no idea about career paths or progression at the company. It was silly to talk about this, but Natalie insisted, and I was really hitting a wall when it came to finding my next role. Consistent with my own critical viewpoint of things, I use this as a chance to criticize Bill for the direction he was giving me. No, really. A vacation spent deeply immersed in some of the competitive software we faced would change my trajectory and outlook. 